Welcome back to another edition of the Base Path Podcast brought to you by New England Baseball Journal. I'm your host, Dan Guttenplan. Today's guest is living the dream of so many high school players across New England. Rhode Island native Ben Broody recently signed a professional contract out of high school after getting selected in the 11th round of the MLB draft by the Cincinnati Reds. The Reds borrowed from their bonus pool to sign Ben for $405,000, making him the highest paid high school draft pick from New England this year. Ben, thanks so much for joining us by Zoom. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, congrats on fulfilling your dream of becoming a pro baseball player. Um, what what was the negotiation like? What went into your decision to sign with uh, Cincinnati? Um, so the um, night after day two, they were talking to my advisor a little bit, and then morning of day three, we got like the deal figured out, and then they drafted me, and then we negotiated a little bit more after that. Nice. Yeah, I always wonder uh, with the draft, and I don't know if you could lend some insight to this, like $405,000, that would be, you know, comparable to what they would pay somebody in the fourth or fifth round. And I always wonder, yeah, like... Yeah, it's what their fourth rounder. I mean, like, me and the fourth rounder signed, like, the exact same money. Yeah, so why didn't they just draft you in the fourth round? Like, why, why, do, they, <laughs> why do they wait till the 11th round? I have no idea. I don't know. Yeah, and I can never figure out how those uh, the economics of the draft work. Uh, mm-hmm. When they after they got in touch with you after round two, what was that conversation like? Or no, not that not round two, the second day of the draft. So that was rounds three through ten. Yes, uh, they kind of like gave uh, like an offer, and then we negotiated it, got a little bit higher, and then we settled on something, and then they drafted me, and we negotiated a little bit more. So it was a pretty it was a pretty like fluid process, I'd say. Yeah, and and do you have somebody representing you that uh, that kind of handles those conversations? Yes, I do. Oh, okay, and then what's it been like since you signed with them? Like, uh, you, so you're out in Arizona now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're doing draft camp right now, so we're in Goodyear, Arizona, which is where they're like spring training and all the facilities. So we have draft camp and then instructs after that. Okay. Now, how, did you get a chance to meet people in the Reds organization? Anybody that kind of uh, impressed you in terms of players or you know field staff? Yeah, I've talked like I talked to the scouting director when I got there, and then obviously all like the pitching guys within the league, the weight trainer, PT guys. So I pretty much talked to everyone when I got there and signed. Now, when did you start to get a sense uh, that you th- might go pro right out of high school, or when did that become a goal for you? Uh, probably the winter. There was two, the facility I train at hops, they did like a pro deck. So there was like 20 to 30 scouts there. And then the week after I pitched at that, I went to the super 60. And then after the super 60, everything started to change more. That's when I really started having like a bunch of meetings with teams and a lot of the like agents started reaching out. So probably after the super 60 is when I was like, Oh, this is probably something that I'll be able to do after high school. And was that pro day with hops just for you or was it, you know, all, all different pro It was all the, all the kids that trained at hops that John has. So he has a good amount of kids. So yeah, like me, Alex Clemmy, Zach Johnson, those are just a couple of them. It was probably like, I think 15 to 20 kids through. So there was a good amount. There's a lot of scouts there. Yeah. And I was reading that super 60 event that you mentioned that was a that was a big one for you. Uh, I think you got clocked at ninety six year fastball, and then and then mm-hmm. that was kind of when everybody said, "Hey, he could be a pro prospect." Um, and then you had obviously a ton of scouts out to see you this spring. What was that like? What do you, what do you attribute that uh, kind of jump in velocity to? 
Um, I was definitely just like getting in the gym more, working on my movement patterns, like sewing with pops and then in the weight room with them too. We kind of, I kind of took everything to like a different step in the off season, I guess you could say. Like I started to, like a bunch of my like numbers in the gym doubled and like all the stuff like that. I started moving better. So I'd say it was just like moving better off the mound and like having like more muscle to like produce velocity. Was that the first time you had been working at hops or, or was it just all of a sudden you saw the results you were looking for? Uh, that was the first off season I like fully lifted there. And before I threw there, when COVID happened, that's when I started throwing there. What were your velocity numbers like before you started there? Uh, 88. I was 88 going into my junior year when I started going there. And then they helped me get up to 97 this year, so. Yeah, that must have, what is it like when you just see that on the radar gun and all of a sudden you're like, oh man, that, now I'm a pro prospect? Uh, it was pretty exciting because it's always, so like John, the pitching coach there, he always, like before the last season, like before we started throwing, he kind of, like we kind of made goals and like one of my goals was to throw 95, 96 this year. So like hitting that goal is really like, it was a big accomplishment for me. It was something that I was proud of. And then we kind of just worked on like stuff from there throughout the season, like cleaning up stuff and I just, I just kept getting better as it went on. Yeah, I saw that. So the super 60 was in, I think it was in December in Chicago. Um, and you don't really hear about guys, you know, maxing out in terms of velocity that time of year. I wonder like, because uh, a lot of guys kind of shut it down during the winter, if it even got even more attention because you were one of the only guys kind of throwing that fast. Um, I think, I think it was in February. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think it was February. I think it was February six around there. Oh, okay. And so that's when I guess that's when you were just kind of starting to ramp back up and get ready for the season. Yeah, that was like my like I threw that was my second time throwing hard all year, pretty much because I never really let it eat before. And then I threw the bullpen at Hobbs on pro day. Like I wasn't really going one hundred percent. I only threw a couple pitches hard at the end. Then super sexy. I kind of just let it go. Wow. And then what was the the reaction like from – did you start to hear from scouts and, you know, pro cross-checkers and things like that? What, did it really pick up right after that? Yeah, like literally when I went to go check my phone, like after I threw it, it was probably like a couple hours later. I had like text messages and calls and stuff. And then – so I'd say – and then that happened like throughout the next two weeks. So I'd say the next like week or two after that was kind of hectic by stuff. And what was the communication like? So you were committed to South Florida – Mm-hmm. Um, what was the communication like with them? Were, did they start to get a sense, hey, you know, pro baseball might be in your future after high school? Or, uh, you know, what was that What was that like interacting with them? Yeah, they knew it was a possibility that I would, it would happen. So they like, kind of just talked to me about it, give me advice throughout the like, situations and stuff and just give their input on it. What type of advice did they give? Uh, they just say, like, make sure it's like a family decision, think it through. And like, it's at the end of the day, you're the player. So it's up to you and whatever your family thinks is the best choice. Yeah. When you were weighing those two options, uh, you know, what were some of the positives for going to college and what were some of the positives that, uh, made you go towards pitching professionally? Mm -hmm. Um, positives for college, I would say was like going to college and like living the college experience, I guess. And having the chance to pitch good for a couple of years and up my stock. And then pros for going into professional baseball would be like, it's the only thing I would be able to focus on. Like I would just go to play baseball every day. 
Right. So it would probably give me the better chance to like develop. And then in the off season, I'll be able to come back to Rhode Island and work there and just seeing like what the pro guys do that I train with and like the games that they make, like once they got into pro ball, I just felt like it was the best thing for me to do for my development. Yeah. Yeah. Developmentally. I think that does make a lot of sense when you're working on it full time. Um, you know, it's a job now, so that's, that's important too. Um, and then in terms of the money, like, did you have a number that you said, you know, you got to go over this number um, or I'm not going to sign? A little bit. It was, you kind of just played it by ear though. And just like saw how the draft is going. We had a number, which was like around what I ended up signing for before the draft. And so there was, it was like close enough. So I decided to take it. Yeah. Now, what was your uh, impression on the Reds organization before all that? Like, did, did you grow up? knowing anything about the Reds or, you know, what was your interaction like with, um, with their scouts beforehand? Uh, so they were one of the teams that scouted me the most throughout the season. So I kind of learned about them and they're one of the newer, like they're very like new school, I guess you could say in their approach. Like, so like they're big into like tracking data and stuff. Like, especially now we'll have one or two meetings every day, just like dissecting like how our pitches work and how to like get better pitches and pitch shapes and all that fun stuff. So they're definitely one of the, they kind of prioritize development, which is something I really like about them. You know what? I just thought of this um, and I wanted to ask you about it. I remember reading like early on in the season, uh, there was a situation, I think it was at one of your games where mm-hmm. um, somebody needed like CPR or something, you know, mm-hmm. that was watching the game and, and, it was funny because there were when I was reading the story, I was like, "Oh man, it sounds like there were a ton of scouts there." Because I don't know if a, maybe a scout provided the CPR or took somebody to the hospital. Yeah, Ray Ray Fagner did. Yeah, so what, my, yeah, it was Ray and my coach. What happened with that? Uh he, me, and it was actually my catcher's grandpa. So we were like coming in from the bullpen, and then when we were walking back, Ray and my coach were performing CPR on him. Oh, and then man. the game got delayed like an hour. So it was a, t- it was a tough situation, but thankfully he was okay. He ended up like grandpa. He was, he was, he was good. He ended up like going to a game towards the end of the year. So. Wow. Uh, it sounds like it was a pretty crazy environment at times at your games, you know, with all the, the all the scouts, what was a regular start like for you? Um, I would say my most one is we played NK. I probably had like 30 scouts at the game. Uh, I'd probably average around like 10, like 10 to 15, depending, depending on the game and like who else was pitching that day. Did you ever get overwhelmed by that attention? No, I just thought it was really cool. So there's always like something that you would like see, like as a kid, like, oh, this would be awesome to do that. So I kind of just took it like worst case scenario, I'll go to college. So I wasn't really like, I wouldn't really get nervous or anything. Yeah. Um, and then what was it like, uh, you know, after the game? Like, would, would they have conversations with you? Would they meet with you? Or is it just they're there to watch you and you don't really even acknowledge each other? Yeah, like, I never would say hi to them. They never say hi to me at the games or anything. They would kind of just watch me pitch. And as soon as I was done pitching, they would all leave. And then they would just come back next week. Yeah. And you performed, you know, it, it, with that much pressure on you. You had a season in which you were named uh, Gatorade High School Player of the Year for Rhode Island. I think you had, I don't have the exact number, but it was like 110 strikeouts in 43 innings or something like that. What was it like to deliver on that big stage? Did you learn anything about yourself? Um, I kind of, I do, uh, the guys at Hops, they kind of talk about the mental side of baseball a lot. So it wasn't 
like the games are still the same for me, no matter how many people are in the stands. So like going in every game, I knew I was going to do good and strike a lot of people out. So it wasn't really like I kind of expected it out of myself. How, what, what techniques do you use if you are starting to feel that pressure? Uh, I like meditate before games and like visualize everything like at bats before the at bats happen before each pitch. I like see the pitch happen before it does. So you're actually picturing what you want to throw uh, before it comes out of your hand. Yes. You also attended the MLB draft combine, uh, which is, you know, I think the 250 players or so were invited to that. What was that experience like for you? I wasn't able to go to it actually. Cause I got, I tested positive for COVID like a couple of days before. Yeah. So I wasn't able to go. So I ended up just going to New York to do the medical after. That's where like all the, cause there was like a bunch of kids in the college road series and other kids that just like, couldn't do the medical in San Diego, I guess. So they all went to New York. So I, was just, I went there. Oh, okay. What what did that involve? Just height, weight, that type of thing? Yeah, they did like MRIs and stuff on your arm. They put a set. I, I honestly don't know everything that we did, but it was it was like a couple of days of just watching tests. It's funny. You see that uh, the stuff about Tom Brady, like going through the combine, he's like rolling his eyes because he's, you know, he feels like he's being uh, treated like cattle or something like that. Did you did you ever get that sense? Like, oh, they're just, you know, measuring all my uh, physical attributes and then sticking the MRI, you know, sticking me in the MRI. Did you ever feel like, you know, a piece of meat? Yeah, not really, because if I was a, like a GM of a team and was drafting a player, I'd do the same thing. So. Yeah, I guess it is due diligence. Um so last summer, obviously, we talked about you kind of had this rise uh, over the course of the winter, like leading into this mm-hmm. season, and then were highly scouted. Last summer, you didn't uh, make the Area Code Games or East Coast Pro Showcase. Uh, how did you feel about that at the time? Did you use it as motivation, or uh, were you pretty disappointed? No, I kind of just used it as motivation. I knew I had to get better to make the team. Like, I simply wasn't good enough in some people's eyes to make it. I mean, personally, I thought I was, but... I guess I wasn't. So there's kind of just motivation to go out and work harder in the off season. But like, it was definitely like I had to be better to make the team. So I wasn't like, like I was obviously disappointed in it, but it was kind of like, I got to get better. When you think about it now, does it surprise you that you are the, you know, the highest paid high school guy coming out of new England? Did you ever feel like you were at the top of your class, you know, in, during the high school experience? Yeah, I always knew I was. It was just a matter of, like, people starting to, like, see it and me, like, putting all the pieces together. So I always knew, like, I was capable of doing it. Hmm. How, what, where does that belief come from? Like, did you have a, a great Little League career or, you know, early high school days? I just work really hard, and I trust everything that I do, and I see, like, what people around me do, and I know that I'm capable of doing it. Yeah, now Rhode Island, obviously Bishop Hendrickson, uh, you know, they have the – a program and you guys faced off with them in the, in the mm-hmm. postseason this year. Um, did you ever consider transferring there or going prep or anything else uh, from where uh, you went to South Kingstown high school? Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. Our high school, we traditionally have a good baseball program and I like going to the high school in general. So I never really considered transferring. Mm-hmm. And what advice would you have for guys? You know, probably a lot of guys are listening to this and, you know, they want to play professionally at some point, maybe even out of high school. Uh, you know, in terms of working to increase that velocity, what are some things that you, you think high school guys could be doing more of to kind of get those numbers that, that you were seeing in the end of the 90s? Mm-hmm. Uh, probably, like, continue to work hard. Uh, you got to sacrifice a lot in your life to be really good at something, in my opinion. So 
just to work hard and get with like a pitching coach or a weight trainer that like knows what they're talking about and knows like how to move the best to produce like good velocity and like someone that's been around the block a little bit. So just have good guidance around you and work hard. The Base Path Podcast will be back after these messages. Looking to keep up with all the latest news and information on New England baseball? New England Baseball Journal and BaseballJournal.com are the premier resources for information and inspiration on the New England baseball scene. Have every issue of New England Baseball Journal, the magazine, delivered to your home or office. And don't forget to stay in the game every day with a digital subscription to BaseballJournal.com to receive baseball coverage on clubs, college commits, prep and high school, Division One, Two, and Three colleges, showcases, rankings, and much more. Get in the game and behind the scenes now by going to BaseballJournal.com. Just click on the subscribe button and start the subscription that is right for you today. New England Baseball Journal is a Siemens Media publication. Siemens Media. Inspiring. Informative. Insightful. Are you serious about playing your sport in college? Do you need a flexible education that allows you to maintain your practice and competition schedules while also preparing you to succeed at the next level? You should check out the University of Nebraska High School. UNHS is accredited and offers more than 100 online courses, including NCAA-approved courses to protect your academic eligibility. Students could earn a UNHS diploma or take a single course for transfer credit. Courses are college prep, self-paced, and available 24-7, 365. Enroll anytime and take up to a year to complete a course. Visit highschool.nebraska.edu today. This fall, Quincy College in Quincy, Massachusetts drops the puck on its first ever hockey season in the City of Presidents, just 10 minutes from Boston. The Granite, as they're known, will play in the CHF Collegiate Hockey Federation against Babson, Mass Maritime, Nichols, Sacred Heart, and D3 programs at UNH and Farmingdale State in New York. The Quincy College Granite will be well coached. Kyle Robertson has been coaching regional junior teams for 20 years, and over 100 of his players have gone on to NCAA programs. Kyle's assistant is Matt Gibbs who's been coaching at North Quincy High for 12 years and won three titles there. Three years ago, he was the MIAA Coach of the Year. And as far as the educational part, Quincy College has a lot to offer. 37 different two-year degrees, and it's super affordable. There's even a new four-year business management degree that costs much less than other four-year schools. Want to make some history in a first-year hockey program? Now's your chance. Get more info at quincycollege.edu forward slash hockey. Now, you said uh, you've got to make sacrifices. What type of sacrifices have you made uh, to better your career? No, like, it's not like I was, like, one of the kids, like, going out in high school. Like, I would go to bed early, wake up early. Like, I wasn't really doing anything. You kind of sacrifice a good amount of your social life to be good at something. So, it was just something. It's what I enjoy, too. Like, all my friends, for the most part, work out at hops. Like, it's what all my best friends are. So, it's it was, like, something that I looked forward to, like, going to the facility, like, for me, I guess I was, like, hanging out with people. Like, I would just go there. I'd probably be there for, like, four or five hours. I would work out for three and then just, like, talk for one. So, it was something that was nice there. What are your days like now, now that you've signed a professional contract? Like, what what will your day look like today? I'll head to – I wake up, like, three hours before I go to the field because I like to get acclimated, acclimated to the day. 
And then at 11, we have a van. And then from 11 to like five, we're probably at the facility. And then we come back. And what will you, I mean, you're not throwing every day. What, what will you be doing at the facility? Uh, I'm not throwing right now at all. So I'll go to the facility. I do some like, they have us do like physical therapy stuff. So I do that, lift, do more PT. And then we usually have like one or two meetings every day. And then I'll just do stuff to like keep my body right after that. Are you done throwing for for the entire summer? Yeah, I'm not going to pitch in any like games or anything this year. And then next year will be the first time that you'll you'll play in a professional game. Yes. Okay, that makes sense. Um, what about uh, now that you've you've got some money all of a sudden right out of high school? How, how do you plan to spend it? Uh, I'm probably going to invest most of it. Yeah, yeah, it's smart. It'll go quick if, uh, mm-hmm. especially. Do you do they? Do you get a sense of you know what how the pay will work out once you're in minor in the minor leagues? You always hear about you know, minor leagues players really having to stretch their money and kind of save because they're not making much in terms of their actual salary. Uh, wh- how do you, wh- what do you expect the lifestyle to be like in the minor leagues? Uh, I don't really, I mean, obviously like it's not like you don't get a ton of money, but it's enough to like live off of and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's not just playing baseball every day. So can't complain. Yeah, no, that's, that's the dream. Was there any stipulations in the contract or anything else that, that kind of surprised you? I know sometimes you can't play other sports or you can't go skiing or things like that. Anything that really jumped out at you that you, surprised you? No, not really. Just all stuff that you kind of expect like that a team like wants you to do and not do when you're like have free time. Yeah. Do you have a timeline in mind for, you know, when you, tr- when you try to would advance to, you know, Single A, double A, triple A, or even the big leagues? No, we haven't really talked about it much lately. We're kind of just focused on getting stronger, like in the gym and working on some movement pattern stuff. So I know I'm out here till Thanksgiving, and then I go home and report back like mid-January. So that's all I know so far. And what do you think you need to work on the most as a pro? Have they given you uh, things that they want to see you address? Uh, probably just working on my changeup more, developing like a third pitch more. What a, so you have a 97 mile an hour fastball? What's your secondary pitch? I'm a slider, a sinker, slider, changeup. Okay. And when did you really start to uh, develop that slider? Uh, like freshman year is when I started throwing it more. And then this past, I want to say last summer, like me and John worked on it a lot. So he has like one of the slow mo cameras so you can see like where your hand is when ball release. So that stuff helped me out a lot. And I was able to make some big strides with it and get more velocity behind it and like horizontal movement. And what, how would you describe your approach as a pitcher um, on the mound? Like what, what's your game plan when you get on the, on the mound? Uh, get ahead, stay ahead, work fast and not let the hitters like get comfortable. Mm-hmm. Have you always been a pitcher or, or did you start as a position player? I started pitching like my sophomore year, freshman year, freshman year in high school is when I really started like actually pitching. I played shortstop up until there. And then my brother started like getting good at pitching and it was like, uh, kind of want to be like him. So then I started pitching more. Is he still playing baseball? Yeah, he is. He's at UI right now for his fifth year. Oh, okay. Now are you planning, you said you're going to plan to come back to Rhode Island. So will you end up uh, you know, after this fall, or I guess after the summer season, you'll come back to Rhode mm-hmm. Island. Will you take college classes? Uh, not yet. I'm going to wait till my career is over to take them, I think. 
Now, were you always one of the top players in your age, like at the little league level or even, you know, before little league, have you always been at the top of your age group? Oh uh, yeah. in little league, like I, I always hit until high school. So in little league, like I'd hit a lot of home runs and then I didn't go, I didn't hit my bill script too late. So middle school, there was kind of like this, like, I wouldn't say plateau, but like this middle stage, where like some people like hit puberty and got better than me. And I kind of like stayed like as strong as I was. So like some people jumped ahead of me there and then like in high school, it all came back. Yeah. Um, and when did you really fall? I mean, did you play other sports growing up? And when did you really fall in love with baseball? Um, I always knew that I want baseball. I always loved baseball since I could remember. And I played basketball up until my junior year. I played freshman and sophomore year in high school. And then I just wanted to focus on baseball after that. Yeah. Did you, um, what were, what are your first memories? Like, did you watch a lot of baseball growing up or did you just love playing it? I watched a ton of it. I was, I always had like the SEC channel recorded for college baseball. So I was a big college baseball fan and I watched a lot of like MLB network and stuff like that. So just that. And then I'd always play like little ball in the backyard with my friends. Yeah, how did you end up deciding on South Florida? You said you watched the SEC network. Like, did you have have any SEC schools interested in you, or what was your what was your first choice when you were kind of starting your search? Um, I kind of just I like the coaching staff at USF a lot, and they gave me the most scholarship money, so it was kind of just something that I wanted to, and I wanted to go to Florida and play. So I had some other options up here, and like ACC conferences, but I didn't really want to play in the cold. So yeah. Well, you're in the right place now in Arizona. Um, so h- how long will you be out there? Are you planning to come home in September? I'm here till Thanksgiving. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, that's the last thing that they told me. So at least I think I am. And now would this normally be a time of year that you'd shut down in terms of throwing? No, uh, I want to say last year I stopped after Jupiter, the uh, Jupiter tournament in like early October. So I threw longer last year, but there's no point to really go this year, so. And you're with uh, you were with Northeast Baseball or NEB mm-hmm. last summer. Yes. What were some of the uh, big tournaments that you you played in and saw the most scouts? Uh, definitely, we played the Breakthrough Series team in Jupiter, and there was like a couple hundred scouts at that game. Georgia and the WWBA, there was a good amount, but I would say the biggest thing that like they taught me was like living by yourself because we'd live in hotels with like our teammates, so you definitely. It helped prepare you for, like, especially now, like, I'm living out by myself in Arizona, and I have, like, a good understanding of how to do it. So they definitely prepare you for the next level, whether it's college or pro ball. Yeah, where are you? Are you living in a hotel, or do you have, like, a condo? I mean, uh, they have us living in an apartment complex, so it's me and three other kids. Okay. Friends of yours, or? (laughs) Yeah, I talk to them. They're good kids. Okay. They're all on the team, so. And then as you, as you look ahead here uh, at, at, in your professional career, how, how does it compare, like, you know, the level of play or the, you know, the level of athlete? I guess you haven't really competed in a game situation, but has it blown you away, like, you know, the talent level of some of these other guys? Uh, I would say the biggest thing is, like, everyone throws hard, so it's really not about throwing hard. It's kind of about, like, throwing strikes and throwing you off-speed pitches, like the strikes and behind counts, and then, like hitting wise, like I would say, the, just from watching the games, like they're faster. Like they beat out infield ground balls more. Like then stretch singles and the doubles more often. Yeah. Who did the Reds take in the first round? 
Cam Collier. Oh, okay. And Sal Stewart, I think, was a comp pick, I think. Oh, okay. Have you met those guys? Yeah, I have. They're good kids. Okay. And so they, did they end up signing everybody that they took in the first 10 rounds? or? Uh, first 10 rounds, yes. I think one kid, they dropped him to 18th or 19th in a time. But besides that, everyone signed. Yeah. That's great. Well, Ben, I really appreciate it. I know you're in the middle of, um, you know, ramping up for your uh, – you know, or ramping up for your professional career. So thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, It's been a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate your time. Thanks again to Ben Broody for taking the time to join the Base Path podcast. Rate, review, subscribe on your preferred platform. Our producer is Steve Safran. Thanks to him for producing the podcast. The Base Path podcast is a Siemens Media production. 